Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah. I mean, I could be on here, you know, fucking I mean, tweeting at people, I, I, calling I, them dumbass marks. Or I could just be minding my own business, watching people make miniature food. I'm uh, actually what? here promoting world peace, Greg. Wow, she's Get so, off she's, my she's, shit. She's, She's or, really hostile. Or just not on your phone at all. Like, you could just do none of that. Like, it goes back to what we talked about last week. Like, people can't live without Twitter, just like they can't live without their phones. Like, we could just chill yeah. and, like, not do any of those things. Well, I'm just I'm just here waiting until we get started. I don't, I don't, I I mean, like, have we started yet? Did we press record? Have I mean, you probably said, has pressed to? record. Have you, have you do watched you think, the show? Let me, you let me ask you this. By show of hands on a verbal podcast, how many of you think I've pressed record? I'm, I'm about I'm about halfway there. And yes or no, Patrick? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, I'll say yes. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey yo! Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your I mean, you're just going to replace me. Shut up! Randy Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? And Greg DeMarco. You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my Why? show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. We made that show opening two years ago, according to the date that was on the file when I moved it over today. Two years ago, we made that show opening. Wow. Yeah. Like, wow. It's crazy how uh, huh? how fast things go. Two years ago. Time flies when you're having fun. The more things change, the more they stay the same because they've changed again. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of... The Greg DeMarco Show. Yep, we are back to this. Patrick, Patrick's been through this so many times. He didn't even say nothing when he got the rundown. 
He didn't even say nothing. No, I just thought you were lazy in changing it. <laughs> I, I no. Like, maybe this time is different. No, no. This is, this is, and, 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 and Miranda hits me with the, the, I knew it via text message. Once you send it over, it's been a long enough. You guys knew it was going to happen sooner rather than later. So, so what's the reason this time? The reason this time, as, as you know, is I had some conversations with somebody over the weekend who's uh, in, in a place that many would like to be and, and in the know and a lot of different things. And you discover certain things when you have these conversations, you find out that, you know, Things are confirmed that you suspect, like certain people are watching and certain people know things and all of that. And one of the things that was asked of me is, why in the world would you not have your name on the show when people know who you are in places that you want them to know who you are? And when you change the name of your show, they just think you stopped podcasting. They just think you stopped doing this stuff. And Isn't that essentially the like, same thing that happens every time somebody brings up yes. the fact of, hey, why, is this in, why isn't your podcast called The Great DeMarco Show? Much. And yeah, you're right. You're exactly 100% right. You've, you've known me. It's like you've known me for far more than three years. And, and, and it's like you've known me far more than, than 17 years. It's just where we, where we are. Patrick O'Dowd, we spent more than half of our friendship podcasting. I know. Dang. Granted, Miranda, yeah, we spent I mean, our entire you, friendship podcasting. We've, we spent all of our time. But still, like the fact that you like, guys' friendship... Right. I mean, we only like we only lived in the same part of the country for like two years. I know. Three much, years, yeah. like tops. No, it's two years. Two years. Right? Two years. Yeah. yeah. Two years and you and you moved back to Arizona. I the, was there the for phone, two and a half. The phone and, calls and began. I was there for two and a half and you were not there for the first half, half. year that I was there. Ah yes. Good times. I was part of your interview committee. You yep. were. But that's you, the thing. Your friendship existed before podcasting was even I, a thing. Refresh, refresh my memory. Correct me if I'm wrong. Were my two hosts ditching me at dinner to attend Mrs. DeMarco's birthday party, or was it somebody else's birthday? Um, I can't remember. So it would not have. Eh, I mean, no, no, it's possible. Because it her birthday is on June 29th. So right, it's very possible. Late. That that we had to go because we were going out for her birthday. Yeah, I just I just remember both of, both of my hosts, who we won't name on the show, were like, "You seem like a very nice person, but we have to leave because it's somebody's um, birthday." Did both of their names begin with the letter J? They may have. Okay, um, they were my hosts strong- as well when I interviewed there, and and I always made sure they were the hosts, like they were the perfect hosts, and right, yeah. I mean, like, I still took the job. So I because guess, of them, yeah. I almost played poker during my interview stay over. Like, because there was a poker in it that <laughs> night. And they were like, you should go. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe let me see if I get the job first. Um, right, right. And then, of course, I became part of the poker group when I got there. So, yeah, this is this is the great DeMarco show. I did have a conversation with somebody, just like Miranda said. Person was like, why? I never have a good answer to that question. I change it because... I, I get this feeling in my head that's like, okay, it's going to be all of our show. It's not just going to be my show. And that's just stupid because then it just doesn't cease to be my show. It's in the opening where I say it's my show. Not only that, but Patrick O'Dowd has 
a vehicle now. He's got bandwagon nerds. He's literally wearing the shirt right now, which you can sort of see and not see because of what his background is. And indeed. And he's had that for, for over two years now. He's had over two years now, right? Probably literally right at two years. Uh, two more episodes. This, today was, uh, this week is 102. Okay, 104 so. would be two years. Well, you did miss one week early on. So technically next week is two years. Um, but in show years. Because when you missed one week early on, I was like, here we go. And then it never happened again. So that's impressive. That's very, very impressive. And another reason to be proud. And, and, and Miranda has heard, has, is, is her, her show for two and a half years now, closer to three years than two years at this point. So yeah, like it doesn't even need to be that way. Like I just need to, again, embrace it, which I say every time. And I've told you all, see, I, I, if I were, if I were an internet person, I would just blame both of you because I've told you all repeatedly, don't let me change it. And yet every time you let me change it. Let me let you. You're so fucking stubborn. Like, you're going to listen to us. Like, you're going to sit there. Fuck that. Fuck that noise. And also, also, let's also think about this because you were very excited about the format change to the Babyface Heel podcast. The first few weeks of that, you were ecstatic. We were shorter on time. You know, there was elements of the format that worked until we stopped following that said format and then just essentially went back to how things had always been. So you can't even blame, you know, the format because we stopped following that format quite some time by, ago. By, by the way, Greg, just to give you an idea of how used I am to the hodgepodge name change of this podcast, I used to alter my Twitter profile to say which shows I was on, and I gave up on that. It now just says podcaster with the chair shot.com. I talk nerdy stuff on Mondays and wrestling on Wednesdays. And then I hashtag bandwagon nerds, but not this show. I give up. I give okay. up. You just keep changing your mind. Yeah. Put it on us. <laughs> well, I was but laughing. Put that the whole evil time. on us. Greg. Like that's the thing. Put that evil on us. The course I'm not. Put I can't put on. it on you guys. Of course I can't. Hang on one sec. I, I got to adjust an audio setting. Uh, it might take me a second. Hang on. Find your sound bite. There we go. No, I literally had to adjust an audio setting because you oh, guys, wow. were, you guys were too low in my ear, and and that's and I, and I need to hear the amazing things you're saying about me. Um, so let's go through that whole thing again. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to upset Kyle. Um, I'm kidding again. We will talk what about. Did Kyle the think about this though? Is was Kyle the person? No. Not only is he influencing. Our our intros, our welcomes, but now he's influencing the show name. You really give Kyle a lot of credit, Greg. Kyle deserves a lot of credit. Kyle's a great person. Kyle had nothing to do with this whatsoever. Let's just put that out there right now. I don't want to put that evil on Kyle. Put other evil on Kyle, but not that evil on Kyle. This is all on me and my... It's, it's like this combination of stubbornness and wishy-washiness and all of those things. But we are here and, and Patrick O'Dowd, let me, let me do this. If you update your Twitter profile, I can never change the show name again. So I, I'll do that right now. I'll and and then, right okay, if I change the show name again, what's the punishment? God, I don't even know what, what, what is a worthwhile punishment, Miranda? I think, we, I, I actually think we need to think on this for okay, a while. Yeah, think on yeah, it. Next week, say. next week, you guys can, can share what the punishment will be if... Um, if, if I change the show name again, 
Because I do think there need to be stakes involved. I think that I have proven that there needs to be stakes involved so that I don't continue to do this. Like, again, we've talked about it a million times. I don't have a problem admitting when I'm wrong. I don't have a problem admitting when I'm the problem. And so I am 100% on board having my own stakes to not continue to change the name of the show. So when I hashtag this, am I hashtagging now with the Greg DeMarco show or just hashtag DeMarco show, hashtag GDS? What do you want the hashtag well, to be? Because it's, you know, it's your show. It's either Greg DeMarco show or GDMS. There's no the. You could do the, but it wouldn't be part. You wouldn't do hashtag Greg DeMarco show. Like it's never been that. It's either GDMS yeah. or just Greg DeMarco show without the hashtag. So I'm not changing the line because I'm still talking wrestling on mon- on Wednesdays. Yes. And that's a little too much effort. But hashtag GDMS is that's now fine. back okay. in the in the profile. Guess I've I moved it. Now. It's it's behind bandwagon nerds because it's not my primary show. It's your that's primary okay. show. So we'll do that. That's fairness to me. Um and all four hundred of my followers. Four hundred and sixty one of you wow. now know hashtag GDMS. Okay. And that was an effective first 10 minutes of the Greg DeMarco show. <laughs> it was not at all. We are going to talk some wrestling here shortly. We're going to talk about Charlotte Flair versus the world and Tony Khan versus the world of reality. But first, I want to make sure all of you know that the Greg DeMarco show was part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can hear at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Go ahead and follow the website and the network at Chairshot Media. Follow me at Chairshot Greg. This show is streaming on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, and so many more. Patrick O'Dowd, let, let's really go back. We do this like once every few months. Uh, it, it, it's streaming, but it's streaming a specific place, Patrick O'Dowd. You know exactly what to do. This podcast is stream. How do we? I don't even remember how we do it now. Do you I say, say streaming? streaming? You say streaming live. Oh, that's right. Because it's not live. It's recorded. That's okay. Streaming live. Bye. Worldwide. All over your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, and so many more. Like, subscribe. Leave us that five-star review. Be a friend. Tell a friend to go out there and listen to The Greg DeMarco Show. Hashtag GDMS. For those of you updating your Twitter profiles now that the show name has changed once again, you can follow Patrick O'Dowd on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist, and there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist. Patrick O'Dowd, you can follow Miranda Morales on Facebook and Instagram, but no Twitter, for she is a Twitterless heroine amongst many other nicknames. At the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out for the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales. So there we go. We should get into these topics. We really should dive into these topics. But obviously, there's one more thing we got to do. And that's not going to change. No matter how many no. times we've changed the name and changed the format, there's still been that one thing we got to do. Yes, Greg, you're GDM right. Go ahead. <laughs> Wow. Just going, going with these, going with these things. It's time! 
Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. You know that hasn't changed. That is your place to get your t-shirts in support of TheChairShot.com. That includes the brand new ChairShot linear t-shirt, multiple always use your head shirts, and including the bandwagon a nerd shirt that one Patrick O'Dowd is wearing very sharply and the hashtag save tag team wrestling shirt. Also one of Patrick O'Dowd. He has two shirts technically Uh big deal. Not, big deal. Not technically like. Yeah, well, it is, it's a technical fact. Yes, yeah, yeah, technically. I even spent shirts. the extra bucks on this shirt. I went wow. big time. I went soft know, soft. If, if you know, Patrick O'Dowd spent his own money on the bandwagon nerd shirt, you have to go get it at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and do what Patrick does. Order it in soft style just for a few extra dollars. You can order that and all of the t-shirts available at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot, including the queen of soft style shirt, including everybody hates Greg and much, much more. So what are you waiting for? If it's good enough for Patrick O'Dowd, you know, it's good enough for everyone else. Go ahead and visit prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your t-shirt today. That is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, so WWE Raw at the time, women's champions Charlotte Flair and WWE SmackDown at the time, women's champion Becky Lynch, were two of the names with the biggest spotlight on them coming out of the 2021 WWE Draft as they were drafted to the brand opposite their championship. With three weeks of television and one pay-per-view, WWE was not able to creatively resolve the championship issue So they orchestrated, for the second year in a row, a title exchange for WWE SmackDown that essentially went horribly wrong. What followed was report after report regarding Charlotte's demeanor and attitude and a backstage altercation with Becky Lynch that I immediately deemed a work, so much as I even tweeted about it. And I was quickly corrected by someone who would actually know. Some have turned this into a discussion around Charlotte Flair as a diva with a star complex. Others have made this about Becky versus Charlotte and the fact that the former is beloved backstage and the latter is viewed in a much different light. So we're going to make this topic about Charlotte Flair herself because that's really what this is. All right, the, the Whether or not this happened is a conversation we could have had, but that's already been answered for me. Like I said, by someone who would actually know, I I can't refute this person telling me it actually happened. So we're going to have to go with that. So let's more focus around Charlotte Flair herself, the person, the performer, whatever you want. Patrick O'Dowd, let's start with you. Who do you believe Charlotte Flair actually is? 
Well, I'm going to give you the answer you hate. I don't fucking know. Um, but. Fair. I, I don't. I don't know. Because all I know about Charlotte Flair is the persona I've seen on television. And and the rumor and innuendo of stuff backstage. I know who she dates. You know, I know what has been packaged for me in a WWE documentary format. You, you know, about her history and her backstory and, and her relationship with her dad and, and all that. And so that's why I say I don't know. I think that there is a level of... It, I can't imagine being... Ric Flair's kid and and trying to be in wrestling, right? Like arguably the greatest champion of the of the 1980s, you know, in the business. The part one half of those two sides, he was NWA wrestling. So to show up in that shadow, no matter what you do, no matter how you train, it's no different than you know, say, oh, I don't know, a Roman Reigns or The Rock, uh, people who come into the business and immediately aren't viewed as having paid whatever magical dues they need to pay. And then when they get any level of a success and are the most bankable star, one of the most bankable stars in the company, they then are maligned as being full of themselves. They didn't earn it and everybody hates them. So is that person really, that or are they what everybody sees around them and that's just that's just so hard to see i would say that most of the times when you when we look at this sort of stuff it probably lands somewhere in the middle that there's been some that that charlotte as she has grown as the biggest women's wrestler in the wwe and in the world i i I have no problem saying that she you know argue what you want about semantics about her talent can't argue that she's not the biggest star in the company and arguably the world um you can't pretend like that doesn't come with some ego and you have to have some ego to be that star like you can't not it's the same thing i talk about when i is at a much smaller level as i shower praise on the guy i called an asshole earlier my good friend greg demarco one of the things i respect about you dude is that you have an ego to go with your with with your popularity and your attitude. I'm sure Charlotte Flair has some level of earned ego, and I'll call it earned ego backstage. And and she's she's gone through it, she's put through it, and you can't tell me you didn't look at her and think everybody was behind her when she was in XT. Like everybody was everybody was behind her when she came up. And then suddenly we decided she was being pushed down her throats and now she's a bitch. So I don't know. And this comes from the guy who coined the term LOL Charlotte wins. Like, I just I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think, yeah, she probably does have a little bit of an ego, but I think it's probably a little bit earned. And I think that some folks see the negative where they want to see the negative as much as possible in her. And yeah, Becky's the popular one. And what's really interesting about that, I do agree with you. It's totally earned. 100% earned. Like, mm-hmm. you can't, in my mind, take that away from her. Was she... Given opportunities because of her last name, yep, she sure was. Did she take the opportunity she was given and make the most of it? Yep, she sure did. If she sucked, mm-hmm. she'd be on TV as much as Tamina. She'd be chilling with Curtis Axel right now. Like your name will get you an opportunity. All right. There was a guy by the name of Lance Anawaii who came in for this brief period of time 
and he was a member of of uh, Legacy. And no one remembers because he was around for like three weeks. Part of the family didn't make it, and we're talking about part of the Roman Reigns family didn't make it. Okay, mm-hmm. and and you know, look at it. You know, Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt both gone right and had that that legacy behind them. Again, Curtis Axel, Mr. Perfect's kid. Okay, but then you've got Randy Orton. Right, Randy Orton and Charlotte Flair. That's probably the male-female equivalency on the roster is Randy Orton and Charlotte Mm -hmm. Flair. Randy Orton went through a lot of these same ego issues people have talked about. And I didn't even plan on talking about Randy Orton right here until until I started naming these names. But you're right about the earned ego part of it. I think the other part of it is the opposite end, which is Becky Lynch. When Charlotte was coming up and getting the mega push, everybody wanted it to be Becky Lynch. This is before the man. This is before anything, right? WrestleMania 34, Becky Lynch was in the pre-show women's battle royal. So it's not like this is something that that has been, um, you know, all along. They were linked in NXT. They were linked on the main roster. But it was Charlotte long before it was ever Becky, right? If not for the the bloody nose and the man gimmick, you know, Becky took off. And she skyrocketed. And now here we are. And I think that's part of it rarely in wrestling is the person that the fans are begging for actually then becomes the person. And I think you could argue that Becky is a bigger women's star than Charlotte Flair in terms of box office, in terms of following, in terms of whatever. But they're both right there, and they're both one and two. But I do think the fact that it's Becky has some to do with, A, people's opinion of Charlotte, and B, Charlotte's behavior. Because for a year, there was no Becky for Charlotte to worry about. And and so if that ego's there, now she's like, I was able to carry this on my own, although she was gone for some time too. And now here we go again. Miranda, what do you think about the perception of Charlotte Flair and, and who in your mind she really is? Yeah. I mean, uh, to echo a little bit about what Patrick was saying, you know, I don't know her personally. All we know is who we see on TV in both, you know, what's when she's on, she's on. And when she's off, she's off as far as more documentary style. She's been included in a lot of more personal, um, you know, content related to her family, related to her career. And I think through that, you do see that she is absolutely driven you know, to, and in that drive was able to learn this business, to be able to utilize that talent, to continue to grow and to become, you know, the person that she is today, the athlete that she is today. She's also, you know, she speaks out, she speaks out about, you know, she's open and vocal about her family history, about her own life and things that she's gone through. And I think she also understands especially from the people and the influences that she may have or just know, understanding that they're a big element in the wrestling business about how to, you know, not necessarily get ahead, but, but how you make a stand is to speak up for yourself and voice what your opinion is, whether that be good, bad, or indifferent. I do think also echoing what Patrick said in general, and even the parallels that you mentioned One of the big differences about this, or two really, as far as how this got to blow up as much as it did, is one, we live in the age of the internet, where now we have the ability to share all of this information, where really over the past few days, everything has been about, you know, this news on Charlotte Flair. And I I am not sure about who this source that you have or who you've contacted, you know, who, however this is getting out, but I feel like it's intentional. 
that there's people out there intentionally making sure that this news is getting out to, for whatever reason, make sure people know that this is what Charlotte Flair did and this is how she acted. But also, you know, she's a woman. And as much as people, you know, love them or hate them, Look and admire at a Randy Orton. Look and admire at a Shawn Michaels. You know, regardless of what history may think in that moment, still look up to those men as people who stood up for themselves, even though they were assholes. And, you know, they are now in the the halls of history as some of the greatest. I think it's always going to be a challenge. Anytime a woman speaks up for herself and her opinion, she's automatically going to be viewed as a bitch. And that's just the way that people view women speaking their mind. I do also, though, agree with the uh, analogy or the analysis that if this was an argument between Charlotte and Tamina, this, you know, nobody would have cared. Or or I think it just would have looked different if this was Charlotte and Sasha. But it was it's Becky and she is still the Internet darling. She is still someone that when you look at that history, Becky's, you know, rise to fame was because people felt like Charlotte was getting pushed down their throat. And so that's automatically that reaction. When you feel like you're getting something shoved down your throat, you gag. And that that was that reflex that people have. So I think there's a lot of natural elements of maybe people not liking Charlotte or feeling that she's just been force fed to fans. But I also think there's lots of elements that you know, she's she's a wrestler just speaking her mind, working this business the way that it's been worked for decades. And now people are up in an uproar about it. Why? Because now the Internet tells you to now because she's a woman. Why are you mad? And I agree. And I think that's where that phrase earned ego comes into play. Like she's earned the opportunity to have an opinion on storylines, on everything. So has Becky Lynch. And and it's interesting we didn't have the access, the perceived access, even the we even the level of rumors and reporting and whatever now, then that we do now. When I say then, I'm referring to say when Austin and Rock were on top, right? When Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock were on top. Do you think they always loved each other? I seriously I doubt it. Right? We know Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart didn't always love each other. I'm sure there were times when Flair and Dusty didn't get along. Right. They were both a booker at different times. <laughs> I, I'm sure I, I, I'm sure that, you know, well, I guess it's a bad example. I was saying I'm sure Sting thought Flair should have put him over at the first clash of champions. But Sting was never thought he deserved anything like Sting is, is a horrible example in any of this. But look at Triple H, like maybe Randy Orton's a great comparison for Charlotte Flair. Maybe Triple H is as well. It's 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 where she's at. And it's 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 a level that she's attained. And she's the first woman to get there. Like, she really is the first woman to get there. Not Becky Lynch, it was Charlotte Flair. And then you look at WrestleMania 35. I still maintain Charlotte should have won that Royal Rumble in 2019. Like, the storyline would have made much more sense if Charlotte won the Royal Rumble and Becky had to fight her way into the match. But Vince really wanted Becky to win. Supposedly, he wanted her to have that big win, the feel-good moment. That, then if so, then that should have made an event of the show, but they need to do the Nia Jax thing, right? Going back in time. Two and a half years. But... Everyone viewed Charlotte Flair as the add-on at WrestleMania 35. They thought WWE was adding Charlotte to Becky versus Ronda, when really they were adding Becky to Charlotte versus Ronda in terms of their internal plans. And and Becky was the add-on because Becky became undeniable. Becky became the person that you couldn't 
stop the person that you couldn't keep out of the match at that point. That was all Becky's doing, and and you just couldn't couldn't deny it. I had to put her there. But it didn't, you know, that wasn't the original plan, but people don't want to think that because they love Becky. They want to think Becky was always there. They want to think Charlotte was shoved down our throats. But so, so I believe a lot of what's being said about who she is backstage. I just don't agree with the way it's being shaped by those out there. I think a lot of it's probably real based on what I've been told and, 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 you know, connecting the dots from there. But it's 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 Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out on the company because he didn't want to put Brock Lesnar over on Raw. Mm-hmm. Like like it, it's these are things that major players do. I'm sure there are countless things that Randy Orton did, countless things that Triple H did that we're not even remembering or thinking about right now. That this pales in comparison to. She got well, mad I mean, over a segment that was horrible. Right. I mean, Shawn Michaels was infamous for for throwing a temper tantrum there's you know you talk about the click the click allegedly rebooked razor ramon out of a feud with gold dust um and and razor wasn't even the top star in the company he was a top star in the company but yeah you're right absolutely right like and i'm sure becky from all reports neither one of them liked the segment like and that's both just, of, yeah, both it was, thought the it segment was a was dumb terrible. segment. It's a dumb segment. And if anything, it, ho- hopefully now they look at that and I mean, cause essentially too, it was a, it was a throwaway way for the women's championship well, belts, especially over a really deeply rooted rivalry. Oh, oh, Patrick froze. Patrick. That never happened. I broke him. I broke him. Oh, there you oh, go, Patrick. Okay. You're back. You were frozen for a minute there, which is you weird. Broke, you broke me. Yeah, I was. No, I was. I was like, oh shit, because everybody froze, and I was like, god damn it, it's me. <laughs> you were correct. Uh, so, so, Thanks. no, I knew it was me. I totally knew it was me. No, I know. Um, I thought it wasn't me. That's the hashtag, thing I'm celebrating. That hashtag, I know, no, I'm, hashtag Patrick's fault never happens, but I'm gonna say it happens. It's because you changed the name of the show back. <gasps> uh, anyway, I'll take it. Miranda, you were talking about how dumb this segment was, and it brought me back to, you know, Greg, Greg getting riled up about things that sometimes I'm like, why does he get riled up about things? And his uh, his passion regarding this this whole women's title scenario between Raw and SmackDown. And I remember when he got mad, I, I, I'm sure, I don't know if my K came through in the text conversation we had, Greg, but I was like, why is he so pissy about this. And then you see how badly it went. I was like, well, I guess he had a reason to be so pissy about this because awesome. it, it, I came to okay. You didn't use the letter, but you basically used a lot more words to say it. Well, you could have, you could have seen how bad this was going to be a mile away. And if someone like Greg, someone like us on just the regular, you know, not even like active fan level. Like if someone like us could see this coming from a mile away, how could they not see this? And maybe they're too close. Maybe that's the problem. They're well, too close to the scenario. But or, or or they don't give a big shit about women's wrestling, no matter how much they prop it up and and <sighs> tout it. I mean, look at look at the things they say they've done for the the women's division. All right, the the thirty minutes of SmackDown notwithstanding, which we'll talk about in a different segment. I the Queen of the Ring tournament was a joke. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was a joke. Yeah. Like, and you know, wh- 
I, I don't know who is tracking the match times, but that alone tells you how yeah. much thought they really put into women and women's wrestling and something as simple as, as Greg has argued in his multiple tweets and texts and everything he said, just why is it there a women's universal champion and a, a women's WWE champion? And as Greg said, that problem goes away. If they, if they just either unify to one women's title, cause you don't have a deep enough roster or have two separate women's titles with the WWE moniker and the universal moniker, which again, this was Greg's, idea i'm not stealing greg's idea i don't want that out there like it does suddenly you don't have to have a dumbass exchange in the middle of the ring yeah but yeah. it may lead to, to another charlotte becky match down the road and that could be exciting right oh, we're gonna like, get we, charlotte becky match at survivor series like that's right and that's why i thought it was a work initially because we were just they were just taking us on the road to survivor series where they do all the champion versus champion matches one of which we're going to talk about during the three minute warning but to me it's it's it, it it is like this, the segment. It took this stupid ass segment to bring all this out. Like, if you don't plan this dumb segment, none of this happens, and and none of this is there. And I think that's where everybody's going to Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. When before this happened, everyone was talking about how dumb WWE is. I don't even remember that they had to do it last year with the tag team titles because it's the tag team titles, and they've told us that those aren't important. No matter how much we love tag team wrestling, they've told us those aren't important. These are your two most important championships for the women. And again, if you didn't have a Raw Women's and a SmackDown Women's Champion, this wouldn't be the problem. And I'm dumbfounded as to why they still have the Raw Women's Champion, the SmackDown Women's Champion, but not the Raw Men's Champion, the SmackDown Women's Champion. Instead, we have WWE and Universal. I don't get it. And I don't know if I'll ever get it. I don't know if anyone will ever be able to explain to me why. I just don't know if the people I know have the answer to that question. I really don't. I wish. I wish they did. Um, they need to find the next edition of Ask Bruce Anything that, that Conrad Thompson does and submit a question and, and see if they don't shy away from it. I don't know. But I just don't understand how they, they pushed women's this, women's that, and they still name the titles the way they do. It just makes them seem lesser than, and then you end up with a segment like this. Basically... Like Big E becoming WWE champion was a huge thing, right? It was a huge crowning of him. It's something that people have wanted to see for the longest time, even more so than Kofi. Without the New Day, I don't think Kofi ever becomes a world champion. Without the New Day, I think Big E, Big e could become a world champion. Like they're, they're just not the same. Charlotte is above the Raw Women's Championship. Becky is above the SmackDown Women's Championship. They are world champion level talent who mm-hmm. are also women and yeah. and need to hold world titles. And the company is showing us, we basically don't really have world titles for them. That was essentially the intercontinental and United States championships is what those are for women. We don't have world titles for the women is what this tells me. I know that's not true, but that's what this tells me. I had a question planned and we've kind of already answered it. I guess the big question about Charlotte Flair for me is this. How does this ultimately end with her? Like, 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 what are we seeing in Charlotte Flair over the next four, five, six years? Where, where is this going? No, I'll leave it open to anybody. I'll do the one thing I hate when people do on a podcast. Whoever wants to talk first can. Well, I, what I will say that's not going to happen, and again, this is where the internet is just now in its fun spot. Uh, at least what I don't think. She's not going to leave the company she's not going to jump to aew right that's all the memes and things that you see right now granted never say never because 
with the lack, you know, with the side of, of uh, Brian Danielson or Daniel Brian Danielson. Sorry. Um, and, and CM Punk never say never, but I do feel like with the stage and the caliber of talent that she's working with and everything that she, she hasn't built, it truly cannot go any bigger than, than WWE. So I feel like AEW would be an absolute, not just downgrade, but like putting even more of a ceiling because of, of the challenges they have. So she's not going to be jumping there. Um, that That's what I know. I, I think it's fun. You know, I'm sure people, it's very fun to speculate and fun to poke fun of that because that's, you know, the thing to do. But I know that's not, I know she isn't going to go that route in the next four or five years. Patrick, what do you What think? is great? What is Greensboro Flair doing in the Impact Zone? That's Greensboro <laughs> Flair. My guy. I'm oh, sorry, because she can't be Charlotte. Anyway, never mind. That joke fell flat. Nobody liked it. Um, nope. Here's the thing. Uh, it depends on how petty she wants to be, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't, I don't think she's going anywhere either. But I don't know. Her boyfriend's over there. He's not. He's not really doing anything special. Um, it would I, like, honestly, at this point, nothing shocks me anymore. Like if, if she were to, if she were to bounce after her contract expires or, or what, cause they're not gonna, they're not gonna let her out of her contract. Like no way that she's going to show up and be like, please give me my release. And they're going to be like, okay, yeah. no, that's not going to happen. But if her contract came up and she didn't want to renew it and pursue whatever, like that's her call. Uh, and, and wrestlers can be petty. Uh, I've just, I've seen it too often where people, can be childish. I don't think that's what I think this will eventually go away. I think this will become a lovely documentary on W but done by WWE films on the <laughs> WWE network, right alongside the AEW library that they bought, where they talk about the long storied history of greatest rivalries between Charlotte flair and Becky Lynch. That, and that'll be what we see. And it'll be right up there with Sean and Brett rock and Austin and all Kinds of other ones. Hell, even Edge and Seth Rollins. That's become quite the thing. That has become. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't. I, I just. I think it's going to be another chapter. I think you know. Greg made a joke about Bruce Prichard. You know, ten years from now, if Bruce is still doing the podcast and he's allowed to talk about you know ten years ago, that's when we'll talk about Charlotte and Becky. It'll tell us a little bit. He won't tell us all of it. He knows better. Yeah, and he, he, for all we know, he signed something that says he can never talk about the current stuff. Like it wouldn't right. shock me if when he re- went back Absolutely. to WWE, they were like, "No more into this." I NDA. I'm on. I'm on the other side. I think we do see Ashley Flair in AEW at some point. No Greensboro. Okay, whatever. Mm. It, it wasn't funny the first time. Um, I don't. I you can make bad jokes. I can make bad jokes. I don't care if it's your show. Fuck you. He no, her, her name actually is Ashley. That's why I said it. Um, no, I get it. No, <laughs> I do think they go. I do think she goes there at some point. I really do because of Andrade, and and because even though he's only wrestled twice since joining AEW, like that's just mind blowing. He's only had two matches there, um, and I don't think it goes well for her there because of what we talked about. They're horrible at the women's wrestling. As bad as WWE is, AEW's no better. Like, it's really, okay. really bad. Um, the fact that they're women's champion, Hikaru Shida, when she was women's champion for so long, and 
Pro Wrestling Illustrator released the top five women in their upcoming Women's 150, and she wasn't in it. But Britt Baker was, and Thunder Rosa was, who is, wasn't even a champion. And she's number five. And, and Akaro Ishida was nowhere to be found. That says everything you need to know about how AEW promotes their women's wrestling. But I think Charlotte ends up there just out of spite at some point, and, and because she can. Now, do I think she finishes her career there? No, I don't. I think they both end up back in WWE. But going to AEW will give them some leverage. And I think they both come back probably together, probably as the on-screen pair they should have been anyway. And and then I think we we get we get some good stuff. If as long as AEW lasts, we're going to see those things happen. We're going to see MJF in WWE. We're going to see Charlotte Flair in AEW. Those things will take place. As, as surprising as it was. no one would have thought that we would have seen Adam Cole or Daniel Bryan Danielson in AEW. And here we go. No one also would have thought we would have seen CM Punk in in WWE again. But I'm gonna probably save this topic for next week because that almost happened and no one no one really realizes it. So it's it's where we are, and I do think that's going to happen at some point. I think she finishes her career in WWE and retires as a WWE legend and goes in the Hall of Fame and all that stuff where she belongs and probably still breaks her dad's record. Although if she goes to AEW and then comes back, you know, they're spiteful. She probably won't break her dad's record. So that's that's just kind of what they what they do. She'd also be breaking John Cena's record if she breaks her dad's record. Instead, she'll just have the women's record until they do do something there. So Mordecai, I don't think the story's over. She's got a long career ahead of her. But remember, like history has told us, look at all the controversial figures we've talked about. Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton, Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin. They're all legends. They're all legendary. Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, like they've all been down this road. Hulk Hogan, like had creative control in WCW. There have been these big personas, these big these big names that have done these things for years. And, and, and Miranda talked about it. It's It's wrestling. Charlotte Flair is a legendary performer already and will go down as a legendary performer. And most legendary performers have these kind of things as part of their story. And so I think it does come with the territory, like you were saying. So again, more to come on that story. It's it's still being written and we get to enjoy it while it's being written. So we're going to go to commercial break. We're going to come back with a completely different topic. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. 
Tony Khan's attitude towards WWE ratings and apparently his detractors has played out in the discourse between himself and Eric Bischoff, largely through Bischoff's comments on his 83 Weeks podcast and Tony's appearances on the Busted Open radio show. Eric has taken exception to the label of competition and Tony blaming Ted Turner's lack of wrestling knowledge as the reason for WCW's demise. And Tony has turned that into labeling Eric as a former executive and simply a commentator in the modern day, presumably taking umbrage to the fact that Eric doesn't admire Tony's actions. Now, last week, when Patrick and I talked about this off-air, I largely dismissed this as Eric trying to protect his own legacy as the guy who took Vince McMahon down for 83 weeks. Because I do think there's that element that, that Eric wants that and isn't willing to give that up until someone truly does it. But now I see it. Like, to me, Tony Khan is delusional at best. And, and in my opinion, is trying to manufacture this idea of competition. Um, and, and I'll kind of save the rest of my comments until I hear what you guys say. Miranda, what do you think about where we're at with Tony, with competition, with, with just really him, where he is, and, and what reality is? So well, we've talked about it before, and it is, to his credit, someone who has a background in numbers and in data – looking at viewership in a different way when you aren't getting the numbers that you want from the current, you know, uh, outline of, of numbers and range, you find where you are growing, you accentuate the strengths and minimize the weaknesses. And so AEW has really played on this whole demographics game. And I think that is where, that kind of tells you what you need to know is that they have been able to create really a, a big play on the viewership area that hasn't really been dissected as much as we see right now on such a consistent basis. And I think that's also where we see a lot of them just trying to add fuel to the fire every single week and his outspokenness about, you know, um, what you know is happening in WWE specifically and specifically going after them. I mean, Tony Khan would not be Tony Khan without Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff walked so that Tony Khan could run. So, you know, add some respect on that name, sir, because you were playing on the playbook of that Eric Bischoff wrote for future generations. So I do feel like there's this, you know, I, I think, he probably feels like Eric Bischoff would have been more proud of him um, and would have actually liked what he's doing. And to have Eric Bischoff kind of be like, no, uh, that he's now feeling a little hurt because I think he modeled a bit of his, his behavior and what he does after what Eric Bischoff did. And I think it probably seems to have someone that you admire and someone that you actually mold part of your career after call you out. So to kind of add to that, I wonder how much of that I was expecting Eric Bischoff to love what I uh, like love what I did am doing comes from a love of Eric Bischoff, the WCW Nitro character versus Eric Bischoff, the WCW Nitro, you know, WCW executive who had to you know, who did do all, and make a lot of bold, yeah. brash decisions. Uh, but the, the character who drops down from the motorcycle and says, bite me uh, to Harvey Schiller, um, that's not entirely 
and I will say not entirely who Eric Bischoff was as as a, as an executive producer. He was absolutely the guy who read results of taped Raws. He was absolutely the guy who told Tony Giovanni to uh, reveal Mick Foley winning a title and and actually submarine his own show because he he didn't really think that one through. But Eric Bischoff, the character was the dude that Tony Khan was describing in his rebuttal on busted open radio. Wasn't Tony. It wasn't Eric Bischoff, the the character, the whole, the math gymnastics, uh, actually Eric makes in his, in his latest statements, he he makes this analogy that I didn't love. Uh, I actually think of it more of um, this old nineties kids movie called little big league. And there's this baseball announcer who is he's for the Minnesota twins and the twins are terrible. And he'll be like, Greg DeMarco is batting 360 North of the Mason Dixon line in American league stadiums that aren't played in a dome. And it's just taking, taking a statistical fact and an anomaly and being like, and so he's got that going for him and pushing that as this, this big thing. And when you listen to Tony Khan, talk about they went into they went up against this head to head and we won and he kept saying we won over and over and over again because you want a sliver and the thing is is this win that he was talking about was by less than a percentage point if i do remember correctly in the magical demo yeah it's like a a, a rounding error it's like a thousand people or something (laughs) like that right and so to that that was the thing that I just wish he would get. And that's what I think is so frustrating about this is that there's a place. And I even shared this last week where I was like, yeah, talk, you know, puff out your chest and, and talk a big deal a little bit about this, this opportunity to, to match up with the WWE for half an hour. But he just, he turned it into the full blown. He tried to turn it into the nitro, the Monday night wars. And the desperation that folks have for the Monday Night Wars, they don't exist until, you know, an AEW show and a WWE show, flagship show, are airing on the same day in the same time slots. Then the numbers matter. And that was Eric's big point. And it was Eric's point the week before, maybe just kind of lost a little bit in the weeds, Greg, because I tweeted about it. I was like, wow, this is really good stuff that he was talking about because it, it to me it felt fair like what he was describing and then he just went back and he doubled down on it they they keep talking about this idea of competition and you are but you aren't you're not in a head-to-head competition yet and that's that's where the shut up and wrestle thing comes from eric was just is telling them to build an to continue to build their audience because right now some of those shows they're not building they're they're kind of staying the same if not going down so where are you going? Yeah, and that you're okay. There's so many things you've said, and you both said, and they're so true. One of the things I think Tony Khan is proving is that what he knows about wrestling, he thinks he's this great wrestling historian. He knows what Dave Meltzer's told him. He's been reading Meltzer since he was a kid, and he takes it as fact, just like everyone else does. When we know it's not, and and it's like I was there, like again. I still remember one of the most eye-opening experiences of my life in 2010. Well, this is 20, you know, 2009, sitting across the table from the executive vice president of Ring of Honor, bringing up you know how hard it was for them to find a building in Phoenix to run for their you know events the weekend of WrestleMania 26, 
and being like, yeah, you know, all these reports about WWE shutting you out of all these buildings. And he's like, they're not shutting us out of any buildings. Those reports are all wrong. But they weren't disputing them because it made it gave them, you know, will, goodwill with fans. Fans were like, oh, poor Ring of Honor. So it benefited them. They, were, they haven't shut us out of anything. All these buildings are just already occupied and, and or don't suit our needs. And it's it's literally we found a college gym for them to run in. And and again, I was just like, so, OK, so this stuff's bullshit. And and it caused me to look at wrestling news differently from that day forward and to apply that. What else could this be? Theory that I apply when I see certain things get reported, which is why I didn't initially believe all the stuff about Charlotte Flair when it was reported. That's what Tony Khan is. I put it, I, I tweeted out a picture sometime last week or maybe over the weekend. And I basically said, if, if the IWC booked a wrestling company and the picture was Tony Khan, because that's really what he is. He's a member of the IWC who happens to come from a billionaire family who got to make his own wrestling promotion. And like I've said before, we would all jump at the opportunity to do it if we had that and, and if we could. But he is manipulative. Of all of this stuff. And that's what gets me. He is manipulating the data. Rampage, the show that quote-unquote beat SmackDown, that's that very week that it quote-unquote beat SmackDown, drew like half the numbers it drew a few weeks before that when CM Punk made his debut, which was 1.2 million, which is the most that Rampage ever has. It's currently bringing in less than that now. No one's talking about that. No one's bringing that up. No one's pointing it out because they want AEW to win. Eric Bischoff said it best on his show this week. When AEW, to use the, the wrestling terms, the moment AEW was formed, they were the baby faces because WWE was already the heels. And so they get the baby face pop. They get the baby face benefit of the doubt because everybody loves them and wants them to succeed. People want them to succeed so much, they will just believe whatever they say. It's like I've talked about with wrestling news before. People believe wrestling news. Why? Because they really want it to be true. Not because it really is true, because they want it to be true. People want AEW to beat WWE so bad, they're willing to believe these fake-ass numbers that they're putting out. Not fake numbers, they're real numbers, but these fake-ass comparisons they're putting out there. Even if, you can't even compare SmackDown on Fox to any AEW anything, because network ratings are different than cable ratings. They're not even the same pool and and like patrick said and everybody's been saying before i I hate this whole dynamite beat raw thing that they're always talking about they don't run against each other you're not beating anybody it's like if if the new york mets beat the atlanta braves which the mets don't beat anybody right but if the new york mets beat the atlanta braves by six runs and the St. Louis Cardinals beat the Atlanta Braves by three runs. Well, the Mets beat the Cardinals. That's the what you're property. Yes. Yeah. And it just doesn't work in these cases. But like Patrick said, this, this is what, what I'll basically boil it down to. I do think they are competition in certain ways. Wrestlers have somewhere else they can sign. Look at CM Punk. Look at Daniel Bryan Danielson. Look at Adam Cole. Eventually, AEW wrestlers are going to have someplace else to sign. It's called WWE. That's going to happen. And when it does, boy, like Patrick Dowd loves to say, boy, howdy. I don't even know what that means. But boy, howdy. Wait, watch the Twitter when that starts happening. When these AEW deals start coming out, ooh, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's probably part of the reason why WWE stopped signing independent talent and focused on the non-independent talent now. Because they know in two years, all the independent talent that AEW signed is going to come available. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. And I've long maintained MJF's going to be the guy that makes that jump. 
And when he does, watch out. So they are competition in that regard, in terms of you know that and, and, and talent and, and all that. But until they run against Raw, because you ain't running against SmackDown. You're just not. And even if you are running against SmackDown, you're not on a network. Unless you go on CBS and you're running against SmackDown, it's not competition. Until Move Dynamite to Monday. Move Dynamite to Monday and then we'll talk. Until then, I don't want to hear it. And, and look, I think they should move Dynamite to Monday. If Tony Khan truly believes in everything he's saying, move them. Now, TNT might not go for it because they're smarter than that now because it's already hard enough to get viewers because we have a bajillion options and we can watch everything, you know, time delay and time shift as much as we want. So we didn't have that in the mid to late 90s. We did, but it was much more difficult than it is now. Uh, run against Raw and then we'll talk. That That's basically all all I can say. Like until then... Tony Khan's just a fucking dweeb who has a billion dollars and can run a wrestling company. And like I said last week, and it's that Pat McAfee property, be who you can afford to be. And that's exactly what this idiot's doing. And I shouldn't call him an idiot because he's super smart. He, he's, he's, he's a nerd. He's, he's big on the numbers. Like Miranda said, that's why he can, he can manipulate them and everybody will believe it. But it just, you know, and, and part of it's because I'm jaded towards AEW because they stole Adam Cole. Like, like that's 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 going to be a part of it forever. Let's get, let, let's get the real feelings out always there. And, always and forever. But, but why are you getting... I'm sorry, I said again. Don't they have the greatest tag, theory, greatest tag team in the history versus Ford or something like that? They do, and they greatest don't feature Greatest tag team, them. Walking God's Green Earth. Greatest that's what it is, yeah. Wrestler or Walking See, God's I, Green Earth, I, and the greatest tag team, Walking God's Green Earth. And they held the tag team titles for a month. Just so they could be That's the bridge true. between Kenny Omega and Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. Like that, that's just, and, and they've complained about their use. Just like Andrade has complained about their use. At some week, I want to talk about Andrade and how he's so in the wrong place. Like AEW was the mm-hmm. worst place for him to go. Like it just was. Leaving WWE was a horrible decision on his part. But again, completely different topic um, that, than, than what we want to be talking about right now. But Tony Khan. I know you're not listening, although who knows? I'm surprised when I find out people who do listen. Go against Raw, then we'll talk. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. On Monday's edition of WWE Raw, four new additions to the roster, Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, Finn Balor, and Kevin Owens, battled in a ladder match to be to, to crown the new number one contender to Big E in the WWE Championship. It was the drip god himself, Seth Rollins, who emerged as the winner, presumably getting the next shot at Big E. Now, if we look ahead to Survivor Series, where that whoever the WWE Champion is will face Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, likely in the main event, who should win... And who will win? We'll do what we always do. Who should win and who will win the eventual match between Seth Rollins and Big E? Patrick, we'll let you go first. Uh, I feel like Big E should win. I think that it would be a huge statement by the WWE to pop him up against Roman Reigns in Survivor Series uh, and have that be the champion versus champion match. Uh I'm afraid it's going to be Seth Rollins that does win, though. Miranda? I was very similarly thinking that. I think who should win is Big E, but it's very tempting to see them go to Seth Rollins and do Seth versus Roman. 
I am, am very close to what you guys are saying. I, I do. I, I believe 100% that sometime on Raw over the next few weeks, because there's nothing in the pay-per-view between now and Survivor Series, we are going to see Seth Rollins win the WWE Championship so that we get Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. I also think we should, to be completely honest with you. If not for Roman Reigns, I think Seth Rollins would be highly regarded as the best performer in the company right now. Like, he is that freaking good. And and even though when when Adam Cole went over to AEW, acknowledge me. I acknowledge Roman Reigns as the greatest wrestler walking God's green earth. Maybe it's Seth Rollins. Maybe it is. I don't know. And if not for Roman, Seth might be on top of the world right now, and 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 holding that championship. I. It's, it's there's not a lot of great opportunities to do Seth and Roman right now. There just isn't. We're not going to get it at WrestleMania 38. Because they're on separate brands. We're going to get Brock and Roman. That's obviously where they're going. And maybe we could get Seth and Big E. Because there's no, you know, there's so much talent on Raw. Anybody could wrestle for the WWE Championship at at WrestleMania 38 in Dallas. And we've got two nights and all that stuff. But I just think that Seth Rollins, he deserves a WrestleMania main event. He's technically never gotten one outside of the money in the bank cash-in. It was supposed to be him at 32 when he got hurt. And that's why they had to pull the whole Triple H thing with Roman Reigns. I would love to see that match and I would love to see it take place. And to do that, you have to take the belt off of Big E. I'm also okay with it from a Big E standpoint because as we've talked about before, going back years on this show, your first run with a WWE championship doesn't really mean all that much. You haven't really accomplished anything, and sadly, with the way they do title, you know, the way they hand out title reigns, until you get to three, it's just not that special, right? Kofi Kingston's legacy, I don't think is very different because he's a former WWE champion than what it would have been before then. That moment will live forever, but I don't think his legacy is all that different now that he's been WWE champion and had a great run outside of how it ended. Had a great run as WWE champion. Big E, I think, if he's truly the star they want him to be, and they're already putting him on Fox Sports, you know, football coverage and everything, like I do think he'll be a star for the long haul for them. He'll have more runs with this title. And Big E winning the belt at WrestleMania from Seth Rollins could be a route that they go. And, and Rollins deserves that opportunity as well. It's just that Roman Reigns exists, and that's why Rollins wasn't getting wasn't getting that chance. And instead, we got the hell of a feud that we got between Edge and, and Seth Rollins. So, yeah, I, I do think that it's going to be Seth Rollins, and I think that it should be Seth Rollins. So we'll find out. Obviously, that'll come up more and more in the coming weeks. So that, my friends, is going to do it for this week's return edition of the Greg DeMarco Show. Patrick O'Dowd, you can follow him on the Twitter. You can be number 462 at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Let everybody know what's going on this week, since you've got more than one thing, in the Bandwagon Nerds universe. Now, well, the show that dropped on Monday is kind of a potpourri of all kinds of topics. We uh, draw, uh, we started reviewing a new show this week with Lock and Key season two hitting. Uh, this week's nerd review, which will be coming out later this week, will be Dave and I reviewing Dune part one played in theaters and is what I skipped the greatest upset in the history of Illinois college football to watch and was so pissed at the one time I skip. That's what happens. 
But we, as we established on Twitter, it's you. You're the reason. So you should stop. It's, it is. I, it's my fault. It is. Hashtag so Patrick's no more, fault. No, no more games for me. Right, which everybody on Twitter would also appreciate. Um, nope. Can't I, stop, won't stop. I should uh, – it's just like Free Guy. Like I should be a part of the review, but I won't be because I don't have time to write it up. Because I saw it doing over the weekend too um, and very much enjoyed it. So Miranda Morales at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook, not on Twitter because she's the Twitterless heroine. What can everybody, including myself, expect on the hashtag you show airing later this same day? Yes, so we are going to be doing the hits and misses of Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory that happened this past Saturday and whatever the hell else I want to talk about because it's the Hashtag Miranda Show. If you could sneak in maybe a three to five minute warning on what has gone down tonight in NXT might make for entertaining content. I'm sure you would love that. Might make for some entertaining content because some of it's great and some of it I'm dumbfounded on. So, yeah, that's just 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 me. Um, all right, there we go. You can follow myself, Greg DeMarco at Chairshot Greg. The website, thechairshot.com at Chairshot Media. Again, these shows do air all over the place. Uh, you're listening to this on Wednesday, so tune in later today for the hashtag Miranda Show on Thursday. You, of course, have the three man weave and Chairshot Radio's head trauma Thursdays with Ray Cash and Darren Max Kirkby. So check it all out. We appreciate you guys listening, supporting, sharing everything that you do for us here on the shows. Until then, for Patrick O'Dowd and for Miranda Morales, my name is Greg DeMarco reminding you to do a lot of things, but right now to always use your head. Yeah. This is my yard now. Acknowledge me. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? 
It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.